Hey there, my name is Ben Ramos, and you are listening to the Rise Church Podcast. We are a church in southeastern Idaho that is dedicated to sound biblical theology coupled with the authentic power of God. Our true hope is that this podcast would help you to continue to grow and taking steps in your relationship with Jesus. I hope you feel empowered today. I hope you feel encouraged today, and I hope you feel uplifted. God bless you. Enjoy the podcast. Well, today we're continuing this gospel series through the gospel of Mark. We're wrapping up chapter 6. The title of the message this morning is Hidden in the Storm. Hidden in the Storm. Now, I want to I ask you this. Can you imagine a life that is completely dictated by feelings? Where if it feels good, you just do it. And if it doesn't feel good, then you don't do it. And logically, at surface level, that sounds like something that would be good. In fact, this is kind of like the message of the world these days. If it feels good, then we do it. Now, with wisdom, as we would think about actually how that plays out, we would say that is absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Think of, think of this. When you fall learning to walk... Well, that hurt, so I'm not going to try that anymore, so I'm not going to walk anymore. Does, how does that work? That would mean that um, I, every time I choke on solid food when I'm learning to eat, that no longer am I going to eat solid food. I'm just going to eat the, the purees. We'll just stick with the purees. Anybody want to stick with the purees? That, that would mean that I would constantly just be not doing anything because there's a lot in life that doesn't feel good. So this whole concept is absolutely ridiculous. And we require or we understand that our reality in life requires some things that are uncomfortable. This is a reality of life. Kids know this and, and we, we know this. There's a level of discomfort that comes in, in this, this life. Let me pull out this example. Okay, when we're exercising, right, we get to that place, check this out, check out my bicep, Dave, check this out, man, Uh, get get this view right there, yeah, you see that, oh, man, check this out, if we want to grow, we've actually got to get through just a little bit of discomfort here with, with the weights, right, if someone said, Working out's going to make you feel good, okay? And we come in with just this concept because when I get to my point, we're going to realize that this is actually what people tend to do with Christianity. That we're, it's just going to feel good. And so I, I get in there, I get in that gym, okay? And I, I start doing a few reps. And I'm like, there's, there's something going on in that bicep. What is that? What is that? Something's getting a little bit un- uncomfortable in there. Someone lied to me. This doesn't make me feel better. Well, the truth of the matter is, is that I have to go in with this concept and this understanding that I'm going to go through a little bit of discomfort, but what's going to come after that is going to be far, far greater. We've got to persevere the current discomfort in order to get to the reward. It almost sounds like scripture, don't it? 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For this 
light, momentary affliction. Talking about this life. This life that we walk in right here and right now, the one that we're living in right here today and tomorrow and the next day after that. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. They're just going to blow away anyways. But the things that are unseen are eternal. Now, if that introduction doesn't work for you, let me go with this one. I was working out one afternoon, obviously. (laughs) My wife's out there smiling. I was working out one afternoon, and my my workout room um, faces towards the east, and it's, it's an afternoon, and so I'm looking out there. It's been a little bit stormy, and I look out, and I see this picture of uh, a rainbow, if we could pull that up. And I actually stole this exact picture from Steve Jord uh, in, in a video that he made, so I took a screenshot of it, but it was, it was one similar to this. I look out, and it's absolutely beautiful over, over the field, and... What's really cool is that ever since the great flood with Noah, there's the promise that is hidden within every single storm. There's the promise and the possibility of seeing one of these beautiful rainbows. But here's the key. In order to see the rainbow, you must be positioned correctly in order to see it. So you actually, the sun has to be at your back. Consider this. And, and all the parallels, okay? So your source of light, the thing that shines so brightly in your life, it's got to be behind you. And the storm or the condensation actually has to be in front of you. The sun actually has to be at an angle of 42 degrees or less. It's got to be going down at your back. And so what you're seeing in order to see this rainbow is you actually have to be looking at a storm in order to see the rainbow. This is, this is crazy. So in order to see this beautiful promise, in order to see this rainbow, there must be a source of light that is not in your immediate vision. That means it's harder to see. You're having a little bit more difficulty seeing this bright thing. You must be looking towards the storm. That's in your immediate vision. There has to be water droplets. If you could put the picture of water droplets. Uh, Next one. There's got to be the presence of water droplets in, in the atmosphere. These water droplets, just interesting as I'm picking all the pieces apart. This may not connect. This may be powerful for you. But uh, these water droplets are made of three atoms, Two hydrogen and one oxygen. Three, three. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's got to be. There's got to be three. There's got to be three there. Interesting. And then uh, this picture of refraction that you had up there. So these three atom molecules, naturally, because of supernaturally, God made it this way, has three points. Again, three. Three points of light transmission, which creates the physics phenomenon known as internal reflection. And so this one source of light then refracts and sends out seven. That's another 
Another one of those kind of cool, interesting, biblical numbers there of completeness and, and all of that cool stuff as you would look at just the different ways in, uh, that seven is represented throughout the Bible. And it reflects out these seven different colors, Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo. That one's always the hardest to remember for me. doesn't seem like that's actually a color, but I guess it is. Indigo and violent. Here's the thing. With every storm, there's a promise of a rainbow. If you are positioned correctly to see the promise, and just as with every physical storm, when there's a rainbow, when you are positioned correctly, with every storm in life, there comes the possibility of seeing God's redemption for that circumstance. There is an opportunity to see what is God working into good, which the enemy intended for evil. But how do we see that? We've got to be positioned correctly to see it. Now, we know this truth. How, ben, how can you say that there is a promise, that there is a redemptive purpose in everything? Because the Bible tells me so. The Bible tells me so. It tells me in Romans 8 that for those who are in Christ Jesus, all things work together for their good to help conform them into the image of Jesus. That means all things. That means the storms. Yes, sir, Bob. Yep, the storms. Those, those two. And if we are commissioned to glorify God in all things, then we've got to be able to see all the things that God is doing and recognize all the things that God is doing in order to give him glory for those things, yeah? And so I want to help us to focus on those things today. I want to help position us to see the good things that God is doing through, through the storms. You guys want to be positioned with me? Okay. Let's jump in. Let's read our text, and then we will uh, work our way through this. It says in Mark chapter 6, Verses 45 through 56, immediately he, Jesus, made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida. Now I want you to just keep a marker there in your mind where they're intending to go, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out in the sea. And he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully. So they weren't going very far. It was not easy. They were in a struggle. For the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, that would be 3 a.m. to 6 a.m.-ish, he came to them walking on the sea. Yeah, that's cool. You guys ever try that? I've tried that. I would definitely try it again, too. He was walking on the sea, and he, he meant to pass them by. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost, and they cried out. For they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately, I love this, he doesn't allow them to stay in their fear. Listen, if you've got fear in your life, I'm getting out of the text here, but it's okay. If you've got fear in your life, Jesus wants it gone. He didn't put that in you. It's not for you. There's freedom from fear. Amen. He immediately spoke to them in their fear, and he said, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Maybe someone needs to hear that from the Lord this morning. Do not be afraid. 
You know, in case someone needs to hear that this week, would you say that to your neighbor? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. This is a different place than they had originally intended to go, right? The storm uh, displaced them, and they moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. Listen, make some imagery for this verse in your head of all the sick people gathering and coming to Jesus and everyone who knows a sick person and bringing them to Jesus because that's the vision that I have for us, for here that we would be a church, that the body of Christ would be just like Jesus and people would know that this is where I go for healing. Oh, it's the middle of the night. This is where I go for healing. Oh, there's something broken. There's broken bones. There's something that the doctor says is impossible. I need to get to Jesus. This is the environment that I'm hungry to see and I want to continue to grow. So that's going to take us telling people about Jesus and his ability to still heal and he, how he loves to still heal people because he's still doing the same things today. There might need to be an amen after that. I, I don't, maybe, maybe just a couple because God's still, still doing that. And wherever he came in the villages, the cities, the countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplace and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. You guys remember that story of the lady Working through the crowd just to touch the fringe of his garment. This, this sighting tells me that that story got out. That all I was trying to do was just touch the fringe of his garment that I would be healed and now everyone else is getting hope. Wow, all I've got to do, I've just got to get to Jesus. I've just got to touch the fringe of his garment. What if that spread throughout the streets of Idaho Falls? I've just got to touch the fringe of his garment. I've got to get to Jesus. Ooh, I hope this is stirring you up because this is stirring me up. They laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. So it wasn't just a figment of imagination. It wasn't just a, a nice little hope. Oh, this makes me feel good to talk about it. No, this actually happened. There's a difference between false religion and true following of Jesus. That's the power of Christ on display. That's the love of Jesus being displayed. That's things actually happening. And so when I'm talking about uh, uh, we want to see the work of God, we want more. I'm talking about the fruit. I'm talking about what happens when, when we're in relationship with Jesus. This is what I'm, I'm hungry for. But as we're looking through this uh, the story of the storms. This is going to tip over. There we go. As we're looking through the story of the storms, I want us to understand that we don't just have to go through storms. We're all going to go through storms. We all walk through storms, hypothetical storms in our lives. They look differently. But I don't just want to go through storms. I want to grow through the storms. And I don't just want to grow through one storm. I want to grow through every single storm because that's a promise of God for my life, for your life that he can use every single one of those storms to help you grow more and more into the image of Jesus. And so we've, we've got we've to position ourselves well. And the first thing that I think we need to position ourselves like is to recognize that Jesus sends disciples into storms. Oh, 
I know we don't like to rejoice about that. Thank you, Jesus, for sending me into the storms. That's not something we often say, but we do have to recognize it. We do have to recognize that sometimes he sends us into difficult situations. It says directly here in verse 45, immediately Jesus didn't just encourage his disciples into the boat. He didn't say, this might be a good idea for you to get in the boat. He says, he made them get in the boat. It's time for you to get into this boat, and you're going to go across this sea. It's, it's about a five to six mile boat ride. But this big storm came in. See, Jesus sent them into this storm, and in the midst of the storm, they must have gotten to thinking, why did Jesus send us into the storm? Or maybe even missing that completely. We must have misheard Jesus. He wouldn't send us into a difficult situation, would he? Is this not modern-day Christianity? <laughs> I, I'm going through hard stuff. I must be doing something wrong. Sometimes, sometimes I do dumb things. And thank God for God's grace. Okay, so there, there, is, there is a good place to evaluate, hey, have I been listening to God? Have I been following God when I get to the storms? Maybe you want to write that down. Evaluate your life when you get into the storms. But also recognize that sometimes Jesus sends us into that storm because there's something for us in, in that storm. And so as they're, they're questioning it, sometimes we just get so caught up in the difficulty of the season and the difficulty of the storm that we forget to even ask that question. God, what do you want to do here? What do you want to do in this season? I know it's dark. I know it's in, uncomfortable. I know, I know it's hard to see you right now. All I'm seeing is the precipitation, but there's, there's got to be more in this season. And if that's you, and you're walking through that difficult season right now, and you're in that storm, let me tell you, there's something that you can learn from the storm. There's a way that you can grow through this storm. And let me just help break down this whole notion that Jesus would never send us into something difficult. He says to his disciples in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Does that sound like it's easy? <laughs> That's going to be a difficult thing. So be, be wise as serpents and innocent and doves. Beware of men. Would you say beware if it was all just going to be hunky-dory? Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to the courts and flog you in their synagogues. And you'll be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them to the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, don't be anxious on how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. I'm going to provide for you. For it is not you who speaks, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death. The father, his child, and children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated all by my name's sake. But the ones who endure to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in the town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. 
If you say yes to Jesus, he will send you into difficult places. Listen, why would he do this? Because the storm is the place where the light has the most contrast to the dark. The storm is the place that needs the peace the most. The storm is the place where your faith is tested. And as James would say, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and the steadfastness has its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Listen, the storm is a place of essential formation for every believer. It's the place where we grow. It's the place where we strengthen. It's the place where those biceps, they're growing, okay? I I think about my life, and I think about every season of of my life, and I may have a little bit more chaos in my life than the next, but I still see this happen time and time again in the lives of, of Christians. I remember giving my life to Jesus, and I worked at the hospital, and I was working transport in that hospital, and I just, I just came out with it. I'm like, y'all, I gave my life to Jesus. I was in jail last week for aiming a gun at a guy's head, and I got saved. I'm, I'm here now, and I'm saved, and I want to pray for you. I want to see Jesus do some awesome stuff in your life. And I was addicted to drugs, and now you don't have to be addicted to drugs because Jesus can set us free. And I'm just going buck wild in this hospital. I start getting a little crazy. I, I, I start praying for patients. I had one patient on the way to get a chest tube inserted to reinflate his lung. And I just pray for him. I pray for him. I take him to the operation room on the way and I'm just praying for him. I let him go. And then they call me back like a few minutes later and say, yeah, this guy doesn't need this procedure anymore. I'm like, what? Okay. I guess I'm driving him back. Right. Things start getting wild. And I'm just believing that God's going to do the same stuff that he, he did in, in the Bible. But as powerful stuff took place, I also had a group of people in that hospital that really just hated me, that mocked me everywhere that I went. And that was difficult. That was a difficult part of, of that season. You know, you, you think about marriage. Hey, baby. Can that be difficult sometimes? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What about parenting? Is that something that Jesus sends us into sometimes? Whether it's physical parenting, spiritual parenting, can that be difficult? Michelle's over there like, oh, yeah, 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 it can be difficult. I think about every ministry assignment that I've, I've stood in and the difficulty that has come, come with that. I heard this story once, and I, I think it, it paints this picture really well, but it's this, this couple and they book their tickets for this, this cruise that they're going on. They go down to uh, the shore. They, do, they have all of their bags set up. They've got like, you know, they're ready for like the Disney cruise. And they're going to sit out on the deck. And they, they get on the ship and they get on there. And then they, they get into those, those really cool sun chairs. You know, the ones that lay back and you can put your feet up. I put that on my birthday list because I need to get me one of those. But they're like chilling back in, in the sun. And all of a sudden, they recognize something. They look around and like, no one else is sitting back. What's going on here? And they asked someone and they said, friend, this isn't, this isn't a cruise ship. This is a battleship. Man, your position. 
Get up. It's your position. And this is the concept that we take with us into Christianity. I give my life to Jesus and I'm just going to sit back. No, 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 no. We're not on a cruise ship. This is a warship. We're going to battle. The enemy's, the enemy's out there. He's working. And we get to stand up and say, not on my watch. Amen. Not on my watch. It's a battleship. And battleships go into battle. But we've got to recognize that sometimes Jesus sends us there to accomplish something and we get to have stuff accomplished in our lives as well as we walk into it. And so don't just shut off in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of that storm. Don't just shut off and be so focused on the storm and the waves and the rain coming down. Make sure you look around too because the disciples were looking around and they saw Jesus. I bet you in your storm, if you look around just a little bit, you're going to see Jesus. Amen. You're going to see him. And that's a part of this, this next point, is that in the storm, we can find fresh revelation of Jesus. It's that knowing who Jesus is, but there's always more to know. There's always more to grow in. There's always more to, to uh, learn about when it, comes to, when it comes to Jesus. And so sometimes we just need that, that fresh revelation. Oh, Jesus, you do that too? Wow. Wow. Our lives as followers of Jesus ought to be this constant place of awe. I love that in the book of Acts when it talks about this early church forming. It talks about the things that they were dedicated to. They were dedicated to teaching. They were dedicated to prayer. And they were constantly in awe of what God was doing. I think one of the things the church in today's world has lost is the awe of God. It's because we've stopped looking. We've got to keep looking for the awe. God, I want to be in awe of you. Show me something that's going to blow my mind today. I talk to people who live like this, and they're just in tears out here almost every week, sitting there, and they're telling me these stories of how amazing God is and how in awe they are of God. This is available for all of us. We can be knocked on our backside all the time by how awesome God is. I love that here, that Jesus, in the middle of this storm, it says that in, in verse 48, he saw them making uh, headway painfully. He saw them in their struggle. Maybe you need to hear that this morning. God sees you in your struggle. God sees you in the season that you're in. God sees you in the storm. And the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And he meant to pass them by. What an interesting statement that he meant to pass them by. I wonder why that is. Now, to me, it, it never actually says that Jesus was going to walk by them and just leave them in their struggle. That's, that's not what Jesus does. But there was an intention by walking by them, by passing by them, there was something that he wanted to show to them. There was something that he wanted to reveal to them. He wanted to reveal a little bit more about who, who he was. We see similar stuff kind of um, being talked about in different places in the Bible. We see in Job chapter 9, verse 8, says that he alone stretches out the heavens, and what else does he do? He treads on the waves of the sea. So Jesus is making a statement by intending to walk, pass by them. He's showing them, I, that's who I am. 
in case you missed it, in the last message, I multiplied all of these loaves or cookies. Those were so great. I'm still thinking about those cookies, Pastor Cindy. Come on now. I want that cookie anointing. Just double it, triple it. We can, uh, man, he, he, he multiplied. You got it? Thank you, ma'am. He, he multiplied the, the fish and these loaves and fed all of these people. And yet it says that their hearts were hardened towards it. They didn't fully catch it. They didn't fully grasp it. And I love this. This is the disciples, the direct disciples of Jesus Christ. If they can miss stuff, have a little grace for your face. You can miss a few things and be okay. You can mess up a few things and be okay. And Jesus is going to help, help make sure that you get it another way. I, I put a, a, a little thing out on social media about repetition. Repetition helps us to learn, right? Repeat, repeat, repeat. It's good to have that repetition. So Jesus repeats it here to help them know who he is. In Exodus 33, 15, Moses says to God, show me your glory. And the Lord puts him in a cleft of a rock and he puts his hand over him and passes by. That's that same terminology that's used there. It's Jesus intended to pass him by, to show them his glory. 1 Kings 19.11 says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And so this is, uh, uh, this is Jesus, again, just ensuring you know who I am. Jesus wants you to know who he is. And not just on a surface level, not just, oh yeah, he's that guy I heard about in Sunday school. Not just that, that one guy I see on a billboard sign every now and again. He wants, he wants to know you on a personal level. He wants to talk with you every single day. He wants to walk with you. He wants to be the, the Lord and the Savior of, of your life. He wants that. And he, I love how he calms them down in the midst of fear. Have you guys ever had that? Where you're just in an anxious and a stressed and a fearful place and he just speaks the exact right words that you need to hear. He says, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And this, this term, it is I, it's the similar, a similar phrase um, as used earlier in the Bible to say, I am. I am. This is who I am. What do, you, what do you need? I am. You hungry? I am. You need shelter? I, I am. You need healing? I am. You need saving? I am. You need direction? I am. You need to know what to do? I am. You need wisdom? I am. Think about your issues. And Jesus is saying, I am. Amen. I am. We can depend on the one who is. He is a storm silencer. He is a true provider. He is a miracle worker. He is a great physician. He is a water walker. To me, I think about like him doing like the moonwalk on the water. I'm like, was he walking backwards or forwards? We don't know. It doesn't say. That's really where it came from. The, the, the point there is that he gives a fresh revelation of Jesus. There's a fresh revelation of Jesus that can be found in that storm. So be looking. Be looking to find Jesus. And finally, Jesus spoke a word to his disciples in the storm. And so in that storm, be ready to receive a word from Jesus. And I'm not just meaning like some random word. I mean a specialized word that's specifically for you, that's specifically 
uh, fashioned to get you through the season, to encourage you through the season, to help grow through that season. But sometimes we just allow the sound of the waves and the sound of the chaos around us just to get so, so loud that we forget to take almost that earplug out to be able to hear what God is speaking to us. God's, Jesus is speaking a, a word to them in this, in this storm. He's saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of death. Don't be afraid of the future. Don't be afraid of what other people are, are gonna think. Don't be, don't be afraid. Worship team, would you guys come up and help me get to a close here? As we approach storms in our life, it's important that we just take that step back. Oftentimes, our knee-jerk reaction is just to freak out and just get overwhelmed in the moment. There's so much going on. I, I relate. I, I, I get there, and I get that. But right now, just tell yourself, when I get to a storm, I'm going to take a step back. And I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to say the name that is above every other name, Jesus. 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 I'm going to say that in the middle of every single storm. Shoot, I don't even have to. I can see a storm coming, and I'm going to start saying the name of Jesus. I can feel the waves on me, Jesus. I can feel the pressure of having to provide, Jesus. I can feel the, 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 the temptation coming on. Jesus. I can see that person starting to while out and get a little bit crazy and they're coming towards me. Jesus. Jesus. We get to this place, we're going to step back. We're going to call out to Jesus and we're going to ask him to help us to see what we need to see. Because there is the possibility of seeing a rainbow in every single storm. There is the possibility of seeing clearly something beautiful, this promise of God in the midst of every difficulty. We want to be positioned for that. Allow me to pray. Father God, we, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you for your presence in our lives. God, we, we thank you that for every single thing that the enemy throws at us, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how bad he intends it to be, you use it for good. You use it to help us look more and more like your son, Jesus. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your patience. We thank you for your mercy. Now help us to be the same storm walker that you are, Lord. Help us to live lives without the anxiety of the storm and all the difficult things. But just as you walked in and said, peace, peace, that you speak that same peace over us too. And that we now with your authority can step into that same place in our lives and the storms in our life and say, say peace, peace. We thank you for that this morning, Lord. 
Hey, thanks again for tuning in with us today. I really do hope and pray that this message has been transformative in your life to help you to take steps in relationship with Jesus. If this has been a blessing to you, there are several things you could do in order to give honor where honor is due. Uh, We would love if you would give us a like, go ahead and give us a subscribe, go ahead and share us, tag us, uh, quote us, do all of those things in your social media feeds. We would be so blessed by that. If you have any more questions or need any more information about who we are, what we believe, or if you'd like to give towards the forwarding of ministry here through Rise Church, you can do so at www.risechurchid.org. God bless. Have a great week.